All right, we're back. It's day five of the war. We got Bitcoin trading at $27,102. But yesterday, one of the world's best investors came out and he said that right now he's doubling down on his bets of not only Bitcoin, but also gold. I want you guys to listen to what Paul Tudor Jones said yesterday in an interview with CNBC. I think think now the barbarous relics and I would lump gold and Bitcoin together. I think they probably take on uh, a larger percentage of your portfolio than historically they would because. Okay, so the because is what we're going to be discussing the show. Why is Paul Tudor Jones, who's generally been bullish on Bitcoin, but why is he doubling down and why is he doubling down right now? And I'm also going to show you why I think he's 100% right, because that's not only that's not the the only data that I've seen. In fact, I saw another piece of data today which shows which convinced me that this is the best time to be investing in crypto. Now, I know that we're in the middle of a war and we actually just had some really, really, really bad inflation numbers, which should have probably spooked the market. I mean, we got the PPI numbers, which came out at 2.2%, which was way, way, way above the expectation of 1.6%. Yet, if I see it correctly, the markets aren't really moving. Let's quickly just check what uh, the markets are moving. Bitcoin is at 21,118. The S&P continues to go up. So I'm going to show you what, what the data is saying and why the data is saying that right now is the best time to buy crypto. So that's what we're going to be speaking about today. We're going to be covering the war. We're going to be talking about how the war is affecting crypto. And of course, as I said, why it's the best time to be buying crypto. But before we get into the show, I want you to tell me if you've ever had a day like this. Okay, so have you ever had a day or a trade, not not a day, but have you ever had a trade like this? How many times has this happened to me? Wow, okay, let's go. Five mm-hmm. seconds. Let's see, it's been a nice little, little movie. Oh, 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 shit. I've had this so many times. <laughs> this area. Right here. Oh. Huh. Come on, be honest. Oh, be oh, honest. Oh, Has it ever happened to you? Wait. Need to wake out and go. Simple. Wake out. Come on, come on. Wow. Painful to watch. What the fuck? Oh, that candle. What's the exit? Exit is like, like now. Like now. Yeah, 180. Oh, t- tell me, tell me the truth. Tell me if something like that's ever, if ever happened to you. It, it, maybe not on that level, but if it's ever happened to you on any level, let me know about it. Like, all right, all right, guys, let's get into the show. I see uh, 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 no faces lol too many times. God, I can't tell you when I watched that video how like I got that that emotion of of you know the really bad trades that you've taken and you hold them down and it just happens so quickly that you don't actually know you don't actually know the way that you don't, you don't know what's going on. Anyway, let's not laugh. It is a quite quite a serious day today. We are in day five of uh, of the war. Uh, the markets are responding exactly, exactly, exactly like we predicted that they would respond. We're going to look at what that means. We're going to look at why Paul Tudor Jones, one of the best investors in the world, is loading up on Bitcoin. We're going to talk about Caroline Ellison because I want to talk about her sleeping with SBF 
for twenty million dollars. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. Uh, the PPI numbers that came out very 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 bad PPI numbers, and tomorrow we have CPI numbers. So very 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 worried about that. Let's talk about that today as well. So listen, big show, lots to do here today. Uh, what I need you to do is very 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 simple. Listen, just smash the like button, obliterate the like button, let people know that we're here. It's tough to make daily content, but we're here each and every day bringing you crypto love and crypto wisdom. I mean, I, you know, I took Monday off because the, the war really affected me, but here, here I was on Tuesday bringing you crypto love and crypto wisdom. And I saw all the love that you guys put in the comments yesterday, which was, which was absolutely, absolutely, excuse me. It's this gas water that, that James has been giving me. Um, that, I saw all the love that you guys put in the comments. So let's try and beat the love today. Let's try beat the number of likes. Remember, we're going for 1,500 likes by the end of the show. Let's go. Let's talk about what's happening on the markets. We are in day five. Where are we on day five of the markets? A quick look. We've got Bitcoin, 27,139. I mean, it did come slightly down. And I am a little bit disappointed that it came down. And the reason why I'm disappointed is if you look at the S&P 500. So since the war, you've basically had the last five days of the S&P 500 uh, uh, starting to climb. You've got the Dixie, which has the dollar index, the Dixie, which has staged a reversal and specifically the reversal since the war. But you can see it, it peaked, um, I think, last week when we said we thought it peaked, it started uh, coming down. If you look at it on a different time frame, if you look at it on, a, on the weekly time frame, what we've got is we've got the Dixie actually printing a, um, a, bear, a, a red candle after printing, I think, 14 consecutive green candles. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. 12 weekly green candles and one red candle. And I'm going to show you in a couple of seconds why that is such a significant move in the Dixie. Because the last time that that happened, that was actually one of the most positive catalysts uh, for Bitcoin, you can see that the Dixie's re um, reversed, and so has the ten-year Treasury yield. So that's that's a very a very very good sign. Um, you also have the price of oil, which is starting to come down slightly. And what that means, remember, we said to you that during the war, what we're going to do is we're going to keep our eyes on oil because oil is going to be the barometer of what the world thinks is going to happen in the Middle East. And for as long as we are printing red candles here, what it means is that the rest of the world is forecasting that, that the war in the Middle East isn't going to spiral completely out of control. So let's look at where we are because we are now, as I said, in day five of the war. We have, I mean, I think the war is for now contained very much with it, between Israel and Hamas, which is a small enemy in the Gaza Strip. As it stands right now, we don't have the rest of the world interfering in the war. We don't have the Hezbollah coming in from the north. We don't have uh, Russia actually getting into the war. We don't have Iran actually in the war. Of course, that remains the threat, but for now it's not happening. What we have now is we have Joe Biden who, who came out and basically made it 100% clear that the U.S. is supporting Israel in this war. Bloody hands of the terrorist organization Hamas. A group whose stated purpose for being is to kill Jews. This is an act of sheer evil. More than 1,000 civilians slaughtered, not just killed, slaughtered in Israel. Among them, at least 14 American citizens killed. Parents butchered using their bodies to try to protect their children. Stomach turning reports of being babies being killed. Entire families slain. Young people massacred while attending a musical festival to celebrate peace. To celebrate peace. 
women raped, assaulted, paraded as trophies. So basically, Joe Biden pledged his his allegiance uh, to Israel. At the same time, you've got one of the leaders of the of the of the Hamas. His name is Mahmoud Al Al Zahar. Now, what he says is he's not stopping at Israel. He's saying we're going to war. We're not talking about liberating our land alone, but we believe that our Prophet Muhammad said, They want the domination of the entire 510 million square kilometers of, of planet Earth. So it doesn't look like this war is, gonna, is going to calm down uh, anytime soon. And I think we're seeing Bitcoin play out exactly like that. You've got Bitcoin like holding steady, but at the same time, what you have is you've got the dominance dropping or the dominance increasing. We had but dominance at 51, at 51%. Let's just see where, where it is uh, right now. Let's quickly just quickly check, check the dominance charts, btc.d. Uh, I think it was at 51% the last time, 50, 51%. You've got the alts very, very, very much in, in the red today. And if you look at the weekly, uh, so basically war in full force and markets reacting like we predicted. What we did see yesterday, though, was we saw Paul Tudor Jones, who has been a, a longtime proponent of Bitcoin. And we'll talk about his Bitcoin portfolio or his Bitcoin trades a bit later. And, and I'll show you why this specific thing that he said is so important. But he's saying that, look, right now he's increasing his allocation to I Bitcoin and gold. the barbarous relics, and I would lump gold and Bitcoin together. I think they probably take on... Uh, a larger percentage of your portfolio than historically they would because we're going to go through both a challenging political time here in the United States and we're going to go through, we've obviously got a geopolitical right. situation. So I would, I would So you see there's a geopolitical situation and he, and he says that there is a very political, there's a very challenging time coming up in the United States and he's not alone. So when I saw that Paul Tudor Jones started buying and I went back and I tracked the history of his purchases, which, we're gonna, which I'm going to show you a bit later, I started looking at what are the other whales doing when it comes to Bitcoin? Because Paul Tudor Jones, as I say, he's been bullish on Bitcoin since 2020. He's, in fact, in 2020, he said he's going to put 1% to 2% of his total portfolio into Bitcoin. And what I realized when I was doing the research is I saw that it's not only him, but it's actually a lot of the big holders of Bitcoin, wallets with one to 10,000 Bitcoin that have significantly started to increase their Bitcoin holdings specifically, specifically in the last couple of days. Now, obviously the trend has actually been up, but in the last couple of days, the big holders, the one to 10,000 uh, cohort of Bitcoin holders, um, they've started to purchase. And actually, if you look at the number that they've purchased since the beginning of October, you've got them purchasing over 20,000 Bitcoin. So the question is, why are they doing it? And I narrowed it down to soft factors and hard factors, why these people are actually uh, buying Bitcoin. And I think what we'll do first is let's look at the soft metrics. Why are these long-term holders, why are these whales starting to increase their bullish talk to Bitcoin at a time now when you've got this political unrest and you've got wars? This is traditionally at a time when potentially you may want to be risk off. What you're seeing is you're seeing a couple of things. The first thing is that tokens are moving, Bitcoin Coins are moving to long-term holders. So you've got over 76.1% of the total circulating supply in 
long-term holders' accounts. So we're getting a transfer from the weak hands, which have now all capitulated, to the strong hands. The next thing that, that, that I saw when I, when I was looking for this is I saw that we're in that very irritating phase where we've got very little volatility, extremely, extremely, extremely low volatility. And if you look traditionally at what's happened in that phase or after that phase when you've got the low volatility. So you can see the last time that we had a very long period of, of low volatility, like the one we've got now, is somewhere around here. And that's, uh, I think, 2016 in, in August. And look what happened straight after we had the period of the low volatility. We went, we went and we shot straight back up. And generally, if you track back these, these periods of low volatility, what you realize is that they usually followed by some kind of upward movement. And I, I spoke about that a couple of shows ago where we said, I think the last six times where volatility had been this low for this long, it generally has resulted in a move up. And remember, these are all the soft factors. We're going to talk about the harder factors in a sec. Burb mentioned that he wrote a paper with, with one of the, the fathers of, of seasonal trading in stocks. And what he's saying is that as of last week, there was a trigger that was triggered um, and that he believes that the rest of the year will look something like this. So a strong October, a very, very, very strong November, and then a very strong, or a, a, a strong, a strong December. We also have the ETF filings on the horizon. And um, remember that for the ETFs, you've got the Bloomberg analysts saying that they still, again, they still giving a 75% chance of approval of, for a Bitcoin spot ETF by the end of this year. So even after all the delays, even after what the SEC have done, the Bloomberg guys are still saying there's still a 75% chance of approval by the end of the year. Now, remember, we also spoke about the Dixie and I said to you that, you know, the Dixie had printed a red candle. So let's just quickly go back there. Here we go. So that's the, the red candle that the Dixie printed. You can see it better if I remove the trend line. You've got 12 up weeks in a row, and then you've got some kind of, of reversal in that. Now, the last time that this reversal, reversal happened was at the beginning of a huge, huge, huge Bitcoin run. And so this could be the beginning of a, of a reversal. Um, also, if you look at the fundamentals of Bitcoin, if you look at the strength of the network, something very, very interesting is happening when it comes to the strength of the network. So you're seeing the hash rate. The hash rate is effectively the number of miners that are mining in the Bitcoin network. It's how many machines are actually securing the Bitcoin network. It's one of the most fundamental um, uh, uh, metrics that there are. And what you're seeing is that the hash rate is going up. Now, what that means is that there's a lot of miners in the network and they are all battling to, to, to mine the Bitcoin. Now, the more miners the more secure the network is. So why is that a positive thing? Because what it's showing is that ahead of the halving, which is coming up sometime next year, early next year, the miners are starting to buy more machines and put more machines online. And by doing that, it means that the, the, the hash rate or the difficulty has to go up so that the same amount of Bitcoin are distributed. And what that means is going into the halving, you've got a whole lot more machines that are coming online. So from a, a network health point of view, um, you're getting a, lo a lot more machines coming online. And the, and the majority of the, the mining is actually being done not in China. Remember, we had a concern that it, it was actually being do in, it done in China. Now you've got the hash rate moving back to the US, moving back to the American continent, which is, which is very, very good. Um, so I saw, I saw this, which said, look, 
there's going to be sideways and more sideways movements, just like the two previous cycles. We're still waiting for the one date when these cycles lined up perfectly, which is November 21st. So this guy's saying, look, it looks like November 21st may be the turning point for Bitcoin, which is not that, that far away. It's about, it's about a month away. And then someone says this, the moment I've been waiting for, the, the moment, I've all, moment I've all been waiting for is the second FOMC with constant rates. So this is the first, uh, the second FOMC with constant rates. This is the second FOMC with constant rates. It got me thinking, is the Fed actually going to hold rates constant at the next FOMC meeting? And I'll show you where, where the concern comes here. So we just had the PPI numbers, right? And the PPI numbers measure producer price inflation or producer price index. Producer price inflation means the, the, the increase in prices that producers are feeling. Now, usually producers will feel the increase in price. And what they'll do is they'll then pass it on to consumers. So you've got the PPI, which goes up first, because that's the production of the goods. And then you've got the CPI, which goes up later, which is the, the selling of the goods, so to speak. So we just had the PPI numbers, which were an absolute, absolute disaster. And I'm surprised that the market didn't actually move up uh, 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 or, or didn't respond on this. But the estimate for PPI was 1.6%. The PPI was actually 2.2%. Now, just let me just give you some, some um, uh, uh, um, perspective here. We had all the down months. We had all the months that PPI started to decline. Then, of course, PPI went up last month. But you can see that this is by far the biggest rate of price increases that we've had in the US. Now, tomorrow, we have CPI. And right now, as it stands when it comes to CPI, we've got the prediction at 3.6%. Um, at so remember, last time it was 3.7%. The prediction is 3.6%. The, the uh, Cleveland Fed, which has been the best estimator of CPI, says tomorrow should come in at about 3.7%, and October should come in at 3.48%. However, if we have, if we have uh, a higher CPI tomorrow, then I think that the chances of a second FOMC with constant rates, that might be a problem. Because right now, as it stands, let's quickly refresh this. Let's, let's just look at this chart over here. This is the chart that shows what the probabilities are of a, um, a uh, in interest, uh, interest rate increase. So right now, the market's saying 86.8% chance of no interest rate increase. And that is even after the bad PPI. I thought after the bad PPI, um, we would get the market saying, look, we, we're getting a, 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 um, a, a higher chance of an interest rate increase. But I think the market's not responding yet. Rest assured that if CPI comes in high tomorrow, then we're going to have another problem. Um, I mean, despite this, Janet Yellen is still saying that we're going to be in for a soft landing. She says we're in for a soft landing. That's the most likely path. But she, she puts a little caveat saying that attacks in Israel pose additional risks. So let's just, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I guess she's, she's hedging herself by saying, look, we still think we're going to achieve a soft landing, but if this war in Israel goes out of proportion or, 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 go, or, go, or starts to spiral out of control, then uh, all bets are off when it comes to a, um, to a soft landing. Yeah. All right, I want to get into the big story of the day. I want to get into the big story of the day, and that is why I think from a hard point of view, it's the best time to get into Bitcoin. I gave you all the soft metrics about, you know, why, why it's a good time to get into Bitcoin, why this is potentially the best time to get into Bitcoin. 
But yesterday, as I said, Paul Tudor Jones came out and he was asked, you know, what he thinks of, of, of Bitcoin. And he said now is the best time to be going into Bitcoin. And specifically, what he said is that he'd be increasing his allocation to Bitcoin and crypto. And I mean, I guess the big question is why? He must have a, a very big worldview. This is one of the world's most successful investors. I think his net worth is over $8 billion. So this is a, a, real, a real player in the big pond. And he's saying, I'm increasing my, my in fact, I think he said he's doubling his, his exposure to Bitcoin and even to gold. Question is why? So I picked up this, the, the, this part of the interview, and I think it's super important to actually start watching this. Zero accountability responsibility on to anyone Listen. but themselves. Okay, so. Especially at the moment, we're all trying to make sense of a lot of senseless uh, things. But let's start with Israel in terms of thinking about the geopolitical implications of this, but also how you think it's going to long-term and short-term affect markets. Well, I think Israel, obviously it's a, it's a huge tragedy, but you have to put it in a larger geopolitical context, which is we now have possibly three theaters where we're going to have geopolitical challenges. We've got the Middle East and Israel, obviously the Ukraine and Russia, and then at some point down the road, Taiwan and China. So it's a really, I, I would say since, certainly since I was born, it might be the most threatening and challenging geopolitical environment that I've ever seen because you have... That's crazy. I mean, he's not a young guy. This is ever since the time that he was born. This is the most threatening geopolitical environment that he's ever seen. And listen to why he says that. Four nuclear powers, uh, three of whom are led by sociopaths, and that would be China, Russia, and North Korea. Obviously, those leaders have zero accountability, responsibility to anyone but themselves. And they have um, not an ounce of humanity in their bones because they regularly disappear, both their friends and their enemies. And then the fourth, Iran is led by someone who thinks God is talking to them and has uh, avowedly said that they want to remove from this earth a nation state with probably the most brilliant people ever assembled within a national boundary. So it's a really challenging environment. Uh, if you think about it too much, I want my lucky color to be invisible, right? It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very threatening time. So that is also happening at the same time the United States is probably in its weakest fiscal position since certainly World War II with debt to GDP at 122%. So, it's a really tough time for, I think, the moral voice of the world, certainly been the leader. So he's saying, look, one, you've got four U.S. now against four enemies. Number two, you've got the U.S. leadership and the U.S. fiscal situation at probably the worst that, that they've ever been. And he's, he's kind of saying, look, what he says now is he's buying Bitcoin and increasing his, his allocation to gold. He also said, and I want to just quickly go there, um, Let's just have a look here. Abache says he's expecting a recession at the back end of the year. Not only is he expecting a recession, but he is expecting a 12% decline in the S&P. Session trades. The easiest are the yield curve gets really steep. Term premium goes into the back ends of 
uh, of debt markets, right, into, into 30 year, 10 year, and seven year paper. Uh, the stock market typically, right before a re recession, declines about 12%. That's probably going to happen at some point from some level. Uh, and you look at the big shorts and gold. So okay, so he's so he's not he's not asking he's not saying look we're going to get a, a a decline towards the end of the year, but he says there's a lot of short positions on gold. More likely than not, in a recession, the market's typically really long assets like Bitcoin right. and gold. So there's probably a forty billion dollars worth of buying that has to come in to gold at some point between now and if that recession actually occurs. Um, so yeah, I, I like Bitcoin and I like gold right here. So he's buying Bitcoin so and, and he's buying gold right now. All right, so let's just look at his history because a lot of people make a lot of bold calls when it comes to Bitcoin, but how many of them actually have a very good history or a history as good as Paul Tudor Jones? So I dug this up for us. Um, what you can see is, A, he's right about the correlation between Bitcoin and gold. We're starting to see some kind of correlation. But this is a clip from 2020, okay? So 2020, Paul Tudor Jones, he woke up and started stacking Bitcoin. The fiat price was around $9,000 per coin. Monetary inflation happened, and that made me begin to think about how do you want to be positioned in your portfolio going forward? So that's really what tripped my interest in, in Bitcoin. Um, and you have to realize, if you just think about, say, Bitcoin versus cash, right? Bitcoin, Look at the price. I think of stores of value, I think of it four ways, purchasing power, trustworthiness, liquidity, and portability. That, that's kind of the, the categories I put it in. So when it, comes to, when it comes to trustworthiness, Bitcoin's 11 years old. There's very little trust in it. We're watching the birthing of a store of value. And whether that succeeds or not, only time will tell. Uh, so this I was 2020. In 2020, what he came out was he said, you can see May 11th, 2020, I, I pulled up this, this tweet over here. It says, Paul Tudor Jones says that he has 1% to 2% of his assets. Uh, Josh, can we bring the, the screen down so I can actually see because you're covering it with a um, sponsor logo. Paul Tudor Jones says he has 1% to 2% of his assets in Bitcoin. That is 11th of May, 2020. Then in, this was 16th of June, 2021, he doubled his investable assets from 1% to 2% to 5% in Bitcoin. Listen. You last, uh, I want to say last spring, said, you know what? I'm getting into crypto for the first time. Again, I thought things were crazy then. I think they're crazy now. Bitcoin, listen, I like Bitcoin, right? Bitcoin is math. And math has been around for thousands of years. And it Two plus two is going to equal four, and it will for the next 2,000 years. So I like the idea of investing in something that's reliable, consistent, honest, and 100% certain. So Bitcoin has appealed to me because it's a way for me to invest in certainty, where, again, I look at the difference between the Fed of 2013, the Fed of 2021. I'm going, how, how can this... Do so this was 2021, and then he doubled his allocation to Bitcoin to 5% of his portfolio. So I pulled out this chart over here, and if you look at um, his history, this is where he went from 1% to 2%. That was at $9,000. He, 
He's ridden it all the way up and all the way down. And now, he, again, he's saying, I like Bitcoin and gold at 27549 So that's how I like to look at it. I don't like to look at people making crazy calls. I like to look at people making crazy calls, but then relative to the history. So I need to see, like, what is the history? What, 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 is, what does the history look like? Then, um, if you wanted a, a, a further confirmation that it, this is possibly a good time to be buying Bitcoin, if that hasn't convinced you, then this would probably convince you. Now, this is something that I, that I really feel because I, I, I was involved in this. And when I read this, initially I thought I had to do like a take two. I had to do a take two. So this is, this is the, the, the tweet that I saw. The tweet said, why am I bullish? Part two. Those who deployed capital in 2020 received tokens in 2021 and made a fortune. Those who did it one year after got wrecked. Never follow a crowd, act different, not financial advice. Now, let's go back to what 2020 was. 2020 was the end of the previous bear market. So let's go back. Let's zoom out to 2020. And I remember this because I lived this. And in fact, the market actually managed to, 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 to chuck me out or to get me out uh, in, in that 2020 period. But we came from the 2017 high. We went all the way down. We went from, I think, 20,000 and we went all the way down to 3,000. We started getting some kind of recovery and then we started to chop sideways and maybe down, which is very, very, very similar to where we were. The investors that actually landed up investing in this period over here landed up making all the money over here. And so this, when I read this tweet, it was, it was something where, when, like, when I heard it, I was like, Holy shit, he's so right about this. In, in 2020, VC funding went down to the minimum VC funding. You see, you can see Q1, Q2 of 2020, there was no VC funding. Then people started to invest, but the people that invested and got their tokens a bit later, they weren't the ones who made the real life-changing returns. The ones that made the real life-changing returns were the guys that invested here, Q2, and Q1, Q2, 2020. Again, let's go back to Q1, Q2, 2020. Q1, Q2, 2020 is the people that invested here. That's Imagine how uncomfortable it would have felt once Bitcoin went down to 3,000, went all the way up. Then you had the COVID correction, and then you started to invest. And so what you see now is you're seeing the smart, the 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 if you, you someone says i just like the press button that <laughs> got me got me a little bit a little bit of well done good, good good comment good comment um so you can see who is who are the most uh, active investors right now people like coinbase ventures now you can see that the, this what's going what's starting to happen now is that the bad investors are starting to fall out and the good investors are starting to rise to the top so this for me when i saw this i was like He's 100% right. This is the time when the smart money is actually putting their chips on the table. And then look, lastly, 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 if that didn't convince you, if all the metrics that I showed you earlier didn't convince you, if the hash rate didn't convince you, if the, 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 the year, end of year rally didn't convince you, let's see, what else did we talk about? We spoke about uh, um, the end of year rally. We spoke about Paul Tudor Jones. We, sp we spoke about all these soft reasons, the potential ETF, um, to buy a Bitcoin, the hash rate we spoke about. Um, if all these things didn't convince you to buy, and again, Paul Tudor Jones and his investing record didn't convince you to buy, and 
this chart over here didn't convince you to buy. I do have one more chart that is definitely, definitely, definitely going to convince you that this is the best time to be buying. I guarantee you, okay? But if you want to see the chart, you have to get us to 1,000 likes. So we're on 758 likes. I'm going to show you this chart. It is the chart that is definitely, definitely, definitely going to convince you that this is the best time to buy. And then I've got another big story for you at the end. So while you guys are getting us to a thousand likes, I'm quickly just going to um, show you one of our, or two of our sponsors. So the first thing is, I told you guys that I was, you know, I, I, I want to bet on the World Cup rugby. And I was looking for somewhere to bet on the World Cup rugby where my wife can't see what I've bet on the credit card. Now, my wife doesn't know anything about my crypto accounts. Zero, zero, zero about. She can't hit it. She doesn't know how to track the blockchain. She doesn't know the addresses, of course. So what I did was I found a crypto sponsor which is a betting site. So if you want to bet, take bets, okay? So it's called betswap.gg. It uses crypto, you sign up, you have a crypto wallet, um, and you can take bets on certain games. Now there's big games actually this weekend. There's Ireland, New Zealand, which is, Ireland I think are the world champions. Are, are New Zealand second or third? Who's, where are New Zealand? They're second. So this is actually one and two. So you can take bets on one and two. You've got Wales and Argentina, you got England and Fiji, and you got ooh, got South Africa, France. I'm definitely going to put money on South Africa, France. So before the weekend, we'll actually um, when is October fifteenth? What what that, what's the date today, Scarecrows? Okay, so Sunday, Sunday. So on Sunday, we're going we're going we, before Sunday, we're going to take bets on uh, France versus South Africa and Ireland versus New Zealand. We're going to do this on BetSwap.gg. Uh, and we're going to do this using crypto. So sign up and then let's take a few bets. We're not going to take big bets. We're not going to take big bets. Um, we'll just do it. We'll, we'll just take that for fun. The other thing which is very, very important. This is super, super, super important. Okay, so listen up. We are looking for 100 people only. So only 100 community members, not more than 100 community members, to join us for free on an institutional grade options trading course. So... We've got, um, we've got people that are coming to teach us how to trade options, institutional grade people, and we're looking for 100 people who want to join us to do the course. I'm obviously also going to do the course. If you want to join us, if you want to join us, then you need to just go and open an account on Deribit. There's a link below. Open an account on Deribit. If you are one of the top or the first 100 people to open the account, you will get $100 when you take your first trade. So you take your first trade, you're going to get $100 for free. Regardless of what your trade is, you're going to get $100 for free. And then we're going to select 100 people to come and do the free options trading course. So I think let's try and use like this no volatility market, this bear market to actually make ourselves better and actually learn shit. And if you want to do it, just open an account with Deribit. You get a hundred bucks if you take a first trade. Even if your first trade is $5, you get a hundred bucks. Um, and then we're going to use that hundred bucks to actually go and do the course. All right, I see we're very close to the thousand likes. I'm going to show you the big indicator that's going to, that's going to tell us to buy Bitcoin, but we need another 49 likes. So while you guys are, 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 are racking up those 49 likes, um, I do want to spend one or two minutes talking about um, Caroline, um, who was in court yesterday, a, f- a few things came out in court. Now, I don't really like covering this this FTX court case, but this there were a couple of things yesterday that I think if we didn't cover them, we'd be I think uh, I mean we'd be robbing you guys of amazing amazing stuff. So the first thing is she walked into the court. Someone says she walked into the court looking like a, a, a rat. I think I agree with him. Caroline literally scurrying into the courthouse like a rat. Very appropriate. 
Um, so, I mean, someone also analyzed what she was wearing. I love this. I love this. So this is her look. Steal her look. Lululemon cap. Uh, Ray-Bans, $580. Uh, Yves Saint Laurent jacket for four, $4,600. I'll tell you in a second how she got the $4,600. Then you got an Isimiyaki dress for $1,000. And then you got a Bodum travel mug if you, if you want that. Okay, now what came out yesterday? Okay, so get this, okay. Number one, obviously she was sleeping with, with, with SPF. That came out a bit later. Um, guess how much she was paid to be the CEO of Alameda Research in the one year that she was the CEO of Alameda Research. Tell me, tell me in the comments if you know how much she was paid to be the CEO of Alameda Research. Now, remember that she said, um, hold on, I've got to find this. Hold on a second, I've got to find this. So first of all, she, I mean, this is, this is so funny. She says, why, why, why did you guys break up? Okay, so... Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let, let, let me find you some, some juice, some juice. He says, when did you become CEO, co-CEO? 2021. Sam said he wanted to step down to separate things optically. We were then on a break, but we started dating again. How would you describe the power dynamic of your personal relationship? She says, the SBS lawyer said, objection. So she said, why did you break up? So she said, he wasn't spending much time with me. The lawyer said, was it a secret? She said, at first, but then he told me, I could say we were living together, but no more. Then she says, what was your salary? What was your salary? So her salary was $200,000. Her bonus in 2021 for sleeping with Sam, okay, her bonus for sleeping with Sam was $20 million. Okay, now I know we have some ladies in, I know we have some ladies in, in, in our chat. So I want to ask the, this is, this is the ladies only, okay? Ladies in the chat only. I need you. I need to ask you. I need to ask you a question. Okay, so hold on. I just want to. I just want to just make sure. Uh, I just want to make sure that I get this right. Okay. So, hold on a second. Wait a second. I have to. We have to get this hundred percent right. Okay. Guys, ladies, ladies only. Okay, guys, this one's not for you. For $20 million, would you? Be honest. Be honest. $20 million could change your life. But you know what you have to do, right? Okay, now I have a question also for, for, for the men. Don't worry, I'm not going to exclude you. So the men in, in, in the audience here, um, for $20 million, okay? For $20 million, hold on, hold on. Let's just... Uh, um, Hold on a second. Caroline Ellison. Okay, now men, I want to know. Scarecrows, I want to know because I know you guys are both men. $20 million. That's a hard one. So wait, hold on. Josh, $20 million. Do you do it? Yes. Seriously? Yes. But I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, it's like what? I mean, in your case, I guess it's what? Five minutes of pain? Three minutes? How long could you last? Twenty million dollars. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, ladies, 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 you, you tell us if, if for twenty million dollars uh, you would with Sam. Men, uh, for twenty million dollars, you tell me if you were for Caroline. Um, yeah, I mean, this is this is a good game to play. This is, I'm watching the comments here. Someone said not even for twenty one million dollars. Someone said, "Oh my God, so sick." <laughs> 
Uh, someone says from behind. Okay, well, no, from behind you get $10 million. I mean, let's be fair here. <laughs> if you want to go from behind, it's $10 million. If you go for the front, it's $20 million. Um, <laughs> someone says for free. For free, maybe. Whoa, someone says paper bag. <laughs> All right, you guys are a bunch of DJs. All right, I said if we get 1,000 likes today, um, I will show you. As I said, if you didn't believe me, if you, if you still weren't convinced after Paul Tudor Jones, after everybody else, if you still weren't convinced that um, whether or not uh, uh, you should be buying Bitcoin, I'm going to show you one, one chart that no matter who the investor is, when they see this chart over here, they definitely, definitely, definitely land up, buy, land up buying Bitcoin. You ready? Here it is. Just as promised, we have the Kramer indicator. Just can't get on it. I can't be in something that where Mr. Bitcoin is about to go down big. big. I just can't get on it. I can't be in something that where Mr. Bitcoin is about to go down big. big. And if his track record is anything to go by, well, this is the only indicator you need to tell you that now is the best time to be buying, guys. That's the only indicator you need. So listen, day five of the war. Uh, Bitcoin looking okay. Um, at least we, have, we haven't fallen into a heap. I'll see you guys again tomorrow. Oh, whoa, Dylan's here. Dylan, whoa, bring him on. Bring him on. Is Dylan here? Let's get him on. Hold on. Dylan's on. Dylan, how are you, my friend? How are you, man? I see the, the Bitcoin is green in the back. Oh, uh, it should be red, right? It's well, not feeling good. Tell me quickly. I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling super bullish at the moment. I'm, I'm a little bit neutral. Okay, but tell me why. Tell me why. Tell me why. About this SPF and twenty million dollars, you know, when you go to Thailand and you get those shirts and it says, "I'm not gay, but a hundred dollars is a hundred dollars." I mean, oh no, Dylan, no, 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 Dylan, too soon, million. too soon, Dylan, Dylan, too soon, Dylan, Dylan, too soon, too soon. Okay, but let me ask you a question, right? Let me ask you a question. Twenty million dollars, do you do it? <laughs> Only if James will. <laughs> No, 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 you can't do it together. You can't do it together. You can't do it together. No, no, it's, it's what's, it's, uh, it's, this isn't it. It's a lot of money in Zah, you know, it's, it's a big number. <laughs> All right, Dil, let's look at the, what, what are the charts that you're looking at? By the way, guys, Dylan's got a show, uh, which starts in straight after our show on Banter Plus. So if you're not already subscribed to Banter Plus, go and subscribe to Banter Plus. Dylan's doing a charting show. Dylan, let's go through the charts that you're looking at very quickly. And you're saying you're not looking to, you, you're not, not happy. I'm not like I'm. I'm a bit neutral at the moment. I'm watching the S and P. I mean, S and P's been basically up since Friday, and BTC's yes. basically down since Friday, which has yes. been quite disappointing for us. Uh, so the S and P's pushing up. I'm wondering now. I'm looking at this gap over here. You know, sometimes we come and fill these gaps. Um, I'm wondering if this gap is going to reject us perfectly into CPI tomorrow when those CPI numbers come out. So it could give us that rejection. Um, but the way I've been watching BTC now, I'm wondering if it's going to be doing the opposite now. So, I mean, BTC has been pretty much on a downtrend now, sitting in a key area here while we wait for some kind of relief, some kind of action. So I'm wondering if we get the inverse uh, on BTC now uh, tomorrow, if, uh, if the news is not great. Um, and then uh, levels I'm watching for BTC. Well, I'm looking at this area right here. It's at 27, 200. That's on the trend line, hey? That's on the we fucking trend line. We are you know hanging on guys, by. You know what they like to do? They like to come in and just take some stocks out. And uh, yes. I'm watching this area here, this uh, 26, 8, 26, 9. I'm watching this. Maybe they're just going to come in and wick us down there, get everyone super bearish, and then just send us back up. 
Um, so that's what I'm watching. My eyes are on dominance at the same time. I see dominance is coming down. So sometimes when BTC dumps hard like that, these alts don't get as badly affected as they normally would. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're seeing things like this, Solana holding this area, while BTC actually dumped about 2% last night, sold at about 2% as well. So they actually moved down nicely, and they're holding corresponding areas here. So I'm in a tiny sole long, just in case uh, we start getting a move here. I'm looking for this move up to uh, this trend high over here, and then we'll obviously deal with it later if it, uh, if it goes a little bit further than that. Um, if, uh, yeah, a GMX, so Dil, if the guys, Dil, if the guys want to carry on and, and see all the charts, cause we're out of time, but if I got to jump yeah. onto Twitter spaces, but if the guys want to, want to, uh, uh, carry on and see the charts, where, I mean, where, where would they find you? Banter plus you, uh, you're standing Banta, now. Yeah. So crypto banter plus, uh, in 10 let's minutes. Put a, let's put a link. Yeah. yeah. Hold on. Let's put a link. Let's put a link onto that, onto the show guys. So, uh, there's a link, uh, Actually, while we're looking at links and stuff like that, let me actually show you guys a few things which I think you'll find really cool. Uh, so, uh, so number one is uh, there you, uh, a link to Banter Plus. Number two, if you want my show notes, the show notes are how I make the show. There is a link here. Where are my show notes? Where is a link to my show notes? I don't see a link to my show notes. Where are, Where is that? Okay, let's put a link to my show notes here. Here we go. Uh, okay, so if you want to subscribe to Banter Plus, just go and click this link over here and subscribe to Banter Plus. Um, okay, we need to put a link to my show notes. If you guys want my show notes, you can subscribe to you can subscribe to to the to the show notes as well. Cool, Dil. Listen, we're gonna go because uh, I've got to get onto Twitter Spaces. I'm gonna leave you guys with a thought before I go. Uh, here's the thought. Hold on, let's just see if we can if we can play it without getting. Uh... Okay, are you ready? 2012. Are you ready? Good memories watching English football here. <laughs> and the crowd singing Sweet Caroline as we begin the final quarter. Uh, Jacksonville trying to keep things going, build on this lead. They're still going. <laughs> Sweet Caroline. Well, she's carrying on her testimony today. She's carrying on her testimony today. All right, guys, I'll see you guys again tomorrow. Until then, have fun. Played well, my friends.